you are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number four. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi, everybody. Hope things are going well for you. Okay, so today I want to talk about something, um, it's actually a statement I used to find myself saying all the time and perhaps you're familiar with it too. Okay, it goes like this, it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start. Now this is something that I believed for years and I used to go around saying this and I think looking back I was wearing it as some kind of armour and I would tell myself I was being really good But in fact, what was happening was I was really scared. I was scared at what would happen if I put my lips to a glass of wine. And in so doing, I was unconsciously acting as though the alcohol in the glass had some kind of control over me. As though once I'd tasted, I'd be taken over by some kind of force like you'd see in some weird sci-fi film. And so what I used to do was I would reason if I don't taste it at all, I wouldn't feel the pull for the drink, right? So that's where you get back to it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start. Now this whole thing, this was nuts. I would justify this bonkers thinking by explaining that my drink of choice was wine and I was very rational about this and I would say things like it's easier for beer drinkers because you can measure that in nice defined units as in you know physical units there were in terms of bottles and that once you've drunk a bottle of beer it's easier to stop at that point because at that point you must then decide if you want to open a whole second bottle of beer. So what I mean? You've got to actually go over there and actually open the thing and then you are into the act of drinking a second beer. Beer is counted in bottles, but wine is delivered in glasses. Now, for most people, you might be saying, well, that makes sense, right? A glass is equivalent of wine is like a bottle of beer. Once you've drunk the glass of wine, then your next decision point is at the end of that glass. Now, that might be the case in some bars, for sure. You order the glass, you drink it, you order the next one. But a lot of bars these days, you'd order a glass and then they'd kind of come along and they do a top up. But what that ends up doing is it makes it much harder to gauge how much you've had when you're not dealing with hard and fast measures such as bottles. So it was better to not have any at all. Well, actually, according to my logic, that was what I ended up doing because I thought that once I'd start, then I wouldn't, you know, turn away the top-ups. Maybe it would be a small top-up and that would fine because maybe originally when I was poured a glass, it wasn't a full glass and therefore I could have one, maybe two top-ups. But then what happened if I didn't drink it? You know, it became this, this big negotiation in my head. So by saying I wasn't going to have any because it'd be harder to stop once I started, I felt like I was being very sensible and controlled and that there wasn't any kind of pull for alcohol going on. But of course, the irony is just the act of having this kind of pre-going out negotiation meant that I was deep inside the drinking thinking. Now, as an aside, let me explain what that means by that. Somebody who could take or leave alcohol, right? The person I really wanted to be. 
in preparing to go out, they wouldn't have given a moment's notice to any of this. They would have spent time thinking about the evening ahead, the people they would see, how great it would be to catch up with them. Maybe they'd be thinking about the venue or transport or how to get there. They wouldn't be thinking about strategies to deal with the difficulty in stopping drinking once they started. So there I was, committed to the thought that it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start. And I ended up working around that, right? That was um, the, the center of the clock for me. But here's the thing, just because I had lots and lots of evidence that this thought was true, that doesn't make the thought true. It was just a story I had created for myself, a story that I believed, a story that I had taken on as a belief. So let's pause for a second and look at what a belief is. The best definition I've ever heard is that beliefs are thoughts that you've been thinking for so long you don't question them. In fact, it goes so far that you may not even know their thoughts at all. We think that our beliefs are just the way it is, but that's not so. Let me explain why. Let's pause for a moment and talk about thoughts and they fall broadly into two categories for the purposes of simplicity for, for today's talk, which are facts and opinions. The facts are things that we can all agree on. I am married. He lives in an apartment. You drive a red car. Opinions, on the other hand, are things that often get seen as facts, but they really aren't. Such as, I drink too much. You drive an old red car. He's extremely rich. These aren't facts. These opinions contain judgment. Because what's the definition of drinking too much? It will differ by person to person. What makes a car old? How much money do you need to be considered rich? None of these statements can be proven in a court of law. We'll all have different uh, opinions on them because it all depends on your perspective. It's really important you watch out for this and be aware of the words you use, especially about yourself. We end up saying things like, I'm so lazy or I drink too much as though we're relaying the news, right? As though it's just the way it is. But we're not. These aren't facts, they're just opinions. And so it is with the thought, it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start. It's not a universal constant. It's not a provable fact. There are going to be thousands, if not millions of people who claim the exact same opposite. But do you want to know the real problem that I had with believing the thought that it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start. In thinking that, you're giving alcohol all the power. You're effectively relegating yourself to being under its control as to how much you will drink. That if I decide I'm going to drink while I'm signing away my independence and decision-making capabilities, which begs the question, when exactly does this happen? this giving away control to the alcohol. Is it after the first sip? The second? The third? Perhaps the fourth? Half a glass? Quarter of a glass? Think of drinking in this way and you'll see how this all or nothing thinking doesn't make any sense. Because the truth is that every drink, every teeny tiny sip is a decision. If you take one sip, could you stop after that? Yes, probably, most people would say. And how about after a second? Could you still stop then? 
If I'd have answered yes, equally yes, I could stop then after two sips, of course, don't be silly. So even when I was to look at this and break it down, I could see that it wasn't true, right? It wasn't true it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start, because I've just shown in answering these questions that I can. And if you're one of those people like I was who talk about it being easier not to start drinking than to stop once you've started, look at answering these questions for yourself. Is it true that you could stop after the first second sip? And also look for other evidence how you show that this statement isn't true for you. For instance, you know how to stop at the end of the night. Now, that might either be because you recognize it's going to set you over the edge because you've got work the next day or because you're falling asleep or because you're starting to feel sick or you're feeling tired and your taxi has arrived. There will be a decision point at the end of the night where you will stop. Another way of showing how it's not true is what happens if you're drinking and then I give you, hand you a glass of drink with something different in it, right? So let's say you like white wine and I hand you a glass of whiskey. Well, you're going to, you're going to go, ooh, and let's say you don't like whiskey, right? Ooh, yuck. So you've stopped. You find a way to stop there. So why do we go around saying it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start? Because you're selling yourself short when you say that and when you think that about yourself. You have infinite capacity to grow, to evolve and teach your brain new skills, whether on big topics. For instance, I know someone who learned to drive in their 50s after years of being too scared to get behind the wheel. I personally figured out how to get fit after a lifetime of no exercise. And you can teach yourself how to evolve on the smaller scale. So for instance, this April, and this is a really diddy example, but it, it sort of is, is illustrative. I set myself the challenge of learning how to bake a quiche with beautiful crisp pastry. I know this sounds ridiculous, but for years I'd gone around saying, I can't bake quiches, I can't bake quiches, it's just not me. But I showed that after just a few hours of focus, I taught myself how to do it. So look for these areas in your life. Even on this, as I said, on this very small stage, even nothing to do with alcohol, because this is all great evidence for you to teach your brain, see, I can learn new things and it doesn't matter how old you are. Right. With all that said, let's move to the uh, practical element of the podcast. I want to send you away with some things you can start doing right now. If you do find yourself reciting, it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start. Here are five ways you can start dispelling this belief right today. First, I want you to stop judging yourself. I used to judge myself terribly after having a drink. Let's say and I decided I wasn't going to drink. All right. And then I would have a drink or maybe two. And I would end up saying, why can't you just have one glass like you said you would? Or why couldn't you just not have any like you said you would? And you drank the night before and you wanted to give yourself a night off. This was a key one for me. I said this all the time. Why can't you just mm -mm -mm, fill in the blank? Why can't you just have one glass? It was like I was whipping myself for my lack of control. But the real killer with this was that every time I said this to myself, I felt awful. Maybe not helpless, but certainly very downcast. Certainly not ready to take action to do something about the drinking. 
And I was definitely ready to accept excuses to back up my position as to why I couldn't make the necessary changes, kind of dig myself into my position. So I would invariably say things like, well, I'm useless at changing. I mean, I don't handle change very well. I'm not able to drop habits. And then I would prove that belief to be true by doing that, by doing precisely nothing, which of course proved that I wasn't able to change my habits. Judging myself caused feelings of guilt and shame, which kept me stuck and certainly didn't drive action. It wasn't until I stopped judging myself that I started to change the drinking habit, right? So that's where this, it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start, was really, um, I was kind of using it as a shield to stop uh, judging myself so I wouldn't get myself into a position where I would let myself down again. Secondly, if you do find yourself drinking, even when you didn't intend to, right, instead of judging yourself, own that decision and then inspect why you did it. As much as it might feel like your arm is under the control of some foreign force so somewhere, sometimes, you know, like it's just picking up the drink and, and you're knocking them back, it isn't. You, my friend, are deciding to reach out for that glass you're deciding to put your fingers and thumb around the glass, to lift it in the air, to tip it towards your lips, to uh, lean back, to have the liquid fall into your mouth, to swallow, right? You, you are the one doing doing all of that and everything you do is a decision, right? So once you take the, lift the glass, you could equally decide to put the glass down. Once you lift the glass to your lips, you could equally decide to put it down. Once you put the liquid in your mouth, you could equally decide to spit it out. So owning those decisions those micro decisions is really important and rather than running from from all this right we often want to say i just don't want to know i don't want to think about that time i had that glass i mean i don't know what i was thinking instead of thinking that instead of running away own the decision be curious even and especially if you don't want to admit to yourself that you tend to keep on drinking even when you want to stop because the truth is that you're always making decisions about how much you drink even if those decisions don't always line up with how you want to feel the day afterwards. And then your brain will find lots of ways to justify this, to, you know, to smooth, to soothe your conscience. They'll say, they'll say things like, well, just one more won't hurt or, or you deserve it. Right? So it's trying to soothe you away from feeling the discomfort of owning your decision to drink. But the real problem is that most people don't know how to own their decision to drink too much without it meaning they're pathetic, right? That was what I used to do. You're so useless. Why can't you just do what you said you would? So I want you to know that you have the power to change your habits. And breaking a promise to drink doesn't make you a failure, right? Stop running away from it and face it. Ask yourself things like, what was I thinking when I took the drink? Where was I? Who was I with? What was going on around me? Ask yourself things like, what happened immediately before I took the drink? Did I buy the drink? Or did I say yes to an offer? Or did I just you know, take a drink off of a tray that was doing the rounds at a customer meeting? You know, What was happening there? Be really curious about what was going on when you took that decision to drink, even if you might argue it was against your will. Now third, this is important, if it was what I would call an unconscious decision, don't let yourself off the hook. 
because I can already hear you saying, but I didn't even know I was drinking. Right? It happened before I knew anything about it. Maybe this is one of those things where you are, it used to happen a lot, you know, you go to these big company dues and there'd be someone circulating and you just sort of take a, a, a drink off of a tray and you carry on drinking and you, you're not consciously thinking, right, I want a drink, but it happens to be there and you take it. So I get it. I know how it goes. But this is no excuse, right? Don't let yourself off. You still need to face up to it having been a decision because this sort of unconscious drinking is the same thing as driving the same route to work and then wondering how you got there, right? You were in control the whole time. If somebody had run out in front of you, you could have braked and you would have taken evasive action, even if at the time you maybe weren't too conscious as to, because you were sort of in an, in an automatic program. So even if it's only after the fact, I want you to recognize that you drank when you had said you wouldn't. Own that and quiz yourself then with all the questions that I raised in point two. Fourth, use every quote unquote mistake as an opportunity to learn, right? So every time, for me, it was every time I went against what I said I was going to do, rather than sitting there saying, oh, you're useless, you know, why can't you be better? And then using that excuse um, to do nothing, I would look at how I could learn from it. And you've done this before many, many times in your life. You fell off your bike dozens of times before you figured out how to ride it. You already had loads of driving lessons before you learned how to um, drive a car. At work, when you first got to the job, you'd have had on-site training as to how to do, to do certain key functions, right? Back to my famous quiche example above, I baked loads of quiches before I figured out, you know, how to get the pastry right. And by the way, I still make the occasional mistake. But instead of falling into a pit of, well, I knew I'd never be able to do it, right? I was right all along. I just figure out what went wrong, make an adjustment and try again. So I want you to think of something that you are really good at, something you're the best at doing in your family, whether it's something like making the best risotto or maybe you're the one who plans the best days out. Maybe you have the neatest handwriting or the one who can speak a smattering of Spanish, which means that you, you know, your family gets by with the language on a family holiday. So whatever it is, just think about that thing that you do well. You didn't learn it overnight. It took trial and error, right? And so it will be as you rewire your drinking habit. Don't expect to know what to do when you haven't done it before. You're going to fall, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to go back on what you promised yourself. I know you will. You know you will. So just, you know, accept that as part of the journey. But know that it's totally within your power to do this with your drinking habit and fast. This is a really important and great thing. I work with clients to rewire lifetimes worth of drinking within 90 days. So they go from feeling out of control to totally in control. Fifth, I want you to recognize that you have full agency over your behavior. It's always in your power to change your mind and put down the glass. If you hate whiskey and it makes you sick and you are handed a glass of it, you probably wouldn't drink it, right? You'd put it down. Just because you really like a crisp Chablis, you can still put that glass down. It's the same situation. You have full agency over your behavior. You know, the, the glass of Chablis is not handcuffed to your wrist. What differs in these two situations are your thoughts, the thoughts that you are creating. If you think, yuck, this is whiskey, it stinks, it's gonna make me sick. But that's not going to encourage you to feel enthusiastic about drinking it. 
Compare that to, yes, oh yes, I love a fresh Chablis on a hot day like this. And no wonder you'll be glugging it down. But at the end of the day, whether you pick up the whiskey or whether you pick up the wine, the decision is yours. You're used to doing this already in other areas of your life. You've had lots and lots of evidence how this is true because it's part of being an adult. For instance, as a child, I was expected to eat bread and butter before I ate any cake. Maybe you can relate. And the cake was the bit I liked. Now, today, I could eat cake all day long, all the time if I wanted. It's completely up to me, and I would never have to ever eat bread and butter again. There's no one standing there telling me otherwise. But I don't. I choose not to. I decide not to. I have full agency. You may love sleeping and you could stay in bed all day, but you probably don't because there's nothing we have to do as adults. Sure, there may be consequences. For instance, staying in bed all day, you probably get fired from your job. But still, at the end of the day, what you do is 100% up to you. And so it is with the drinking. It just might not feel that way at the moment. In summary, recognise that saying something like it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start is just a thought that you've been thinking for so long you see it as a fact when it isn't. Stop judging yourself when you find yourself going against prior decisions. Second, if you do find yourself drinking, own that decision, then inspect why you did it. Third, don't let yourself off the hook. Find out what was going on when you went back on what you said you would do with your drinking. And do this even if drinking was, at the time, it felt an unconscious decision. Fourthly, use every mistake as an opportunity to learn. And finally, recognise that you have full agency over your behaviour. It's always in your power to change your mind and put down the glass. Alcohol on its own has no power. Zero. So don't give it the control over you and try stop saying it's easier not to drink than it is to stop once I start. Okay, that's it for this week and I'll see you next time. Have a great week. If you want to achieve total freedom around alcohol fast, having a coach is the way to make it happen. So I'm inviting you to a discovery call to see if we'd be a good fit. This is a completely free of charge, no strings attached call. You can sign up in the show notes or by emailing Anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.